0: You might have miscounted how many kids you have. I don't know. But uh, does anybody need a um, packet that is in here and did not receive one? Raise your hand and we'll get it to you. Anybody, everybody good? Okay, great. Let me share with you now what we'll do so it won't break the flow later. This will be during the sermon. Uh, so pay attention during the sermon, okay? So partway through the sermon, we're going we're to invite you to get this out and share with it. And in your Ziploc bag, there's a little square loose of bread. And we'll you should find it there, and we'll use that for the Lord's Supper. So you hold it, we'll wait till everybody has time to get it, and then we'll eat it together at my signal. And then we'll take the cup, and uh, there is a little cup in there. Now it has a piece of bread on top of it, a wafer but it's hard for some people to separate the little foil from the cellophane. So that's why we've given you a regular piece of bread. And besides, the one on the little cup doesn't taste good. tastes like styrofoam. If you've ever eaten styrofoam, that's what it tastes like. So now some of you who are curious, I know, will want to try that one anyway. And that's okay. You can, whatever you want to use, that's up to you. But uh, for most of us, then you'll just be able to just pull the whole top off. won't have to separate the two. So when we get to the cup, you can just pull the whole top off. and And when everybody's ready and we give you time for everybody, then we'll drink it together. And then if you'll just put your trash back in your bag and zip it back up, and as you exit, underneath the offering boxes... There's a trash can. You'll see the offering box is mounted to the wall as, right before you go by the doors. And you can uh, just drop your bag in this trash can. Don't get mixed up now. The offering goes in the top. <laughs> trash goes in the can, okay? All right. So uh, that's what we'll do together in a few moments. Now, I've got a low-tech visual aid to share with you today. And uh, my low-tech visual aid, for those of us who are sort of visual learners, is simply a pitcher of water, and then I have a receptacle down here on the floor. And so here's the visual image that I hope that you'll leave with here today. There's two words, a phrase that I want you to remember. It's poured out. We're going to look at eight different passages of Scripture. Every one of these eight passages of Scripture contains the phrase, Poured out. That's the image I hope you'll retain as we leave here today. So let's start. Let's look at uh, the Bible together. And the first thing I want to share with you is that God will pour out His wrath on us because of our sins. I know that's not a very pleasant thought, but it's certainly one we need to understand. God is a God of wrath. You don't hear that too much today, but we really need to hear it because God is holy and righteous. God is angry at sin. Now, you can understand that. If you've ever been a parent, you love your kids. Have you ever been angry at your kids? I bet you have. They've done wrong. They've disobeyed you, displeased you, and it makes you angry. Well, that's righteous anger. Uh, have you ever uh, heard on the news or read that somebody had hurt a little innocent child and that angered you, at that abuse? Well, that's righteous anger. That's just a tiny glimpse of the wrath of God because God's completely holy, far more holy than you and I. And so part of His holy nature is an anger against sin. Now, we're sinners. And so justly, deservedly, God pours out His wrath on us because of our sins. He does it within history, and He's going to do it at the end of history. Let me read it to you two places in the Bible, the Old and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, Ezekiel 7, 7 through 8, Doom has come upon you, upon you who dwell in the land. The time has come. The day is near. There is panic, not joy on the mountains. I am about to pour out my wrath on you and spend my anger against you. I will judge you according to your conduct and repay you for all your detestable practices. So God was warning Israel, because of your sin, your failure to repent, I'm about to, it's like God has a pitcher in heaven, I'm about to pour out upon the earth my wrath, the just punishment that you deserve. Let me show it to you in the New Testament. At the end of time, God is going to finally pour out His wrath in a big way upon our world. And Revelation 16 talks about seven bowls of God's wrath. And the angels are told to tip over the bowls and pour out God's wrath. We have one of our stained glass windows on my right that depicts the book of Revelation. And near the end of this front pew uh, is the The one that depicts Revelation, the second panel up from the bottom, has seven bowls. Do you see them there? That's what I'm about to read to you about. I'll not read all seven. I'll read just the first few so you can get the understanding of it. But there's the image of God is going to pour out the bowls of His wrath from heaven upon earth. Revelation 16.1 Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go pour out the seven bowls of God's wrath on the earth. The first angel went and poured out his bowl on the land, and ugly festering sores broke out on the people who had the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. The second angel poured out his bowl on the sea, and it turned into blood like that of a dead person, and every living thing in the sea died. Uh, The third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and springs of water and they became blood. And it goes on, but you get the idea there. The first thing that we need to understand is that God justly is pouring out His wrath from heaven and uh, we deserve that wrath and we'll experience that. But there's some good news I want to share with you today. God loves people who are the objects of His wrath. And in His great mercy, He's made a way for His wrath to be averted. I want to share with you both under the Old Covenant and the New Testament how He's done that. You know, your Bible has two parts, as you probably know. There's an Old Testament representing the Old Covenant, the old way, the initial way that God started dealing with Israel. And then there's the New Covenant, the final covenant of how He deals with us now. We'll read about this in both of them, of His mercy under the Old Covenant... An animal was sacrificed and its blood was poured out at the altar. So this was God's way of averting His wrath under the old covenant. He made a temporary way because He loved sinners that you would not be consumed by His wrath when you sinned, but that you could offer a sacrifice and that would cover you or protect you from His Let me read it to you in Leviticus 4, verse 32. If someone brings a lamb as their sin offering, they are to bring a female without defect. And so if you sinned, God made the provision where you could uh, select the very best female lamb that you had and bring it to the place of meeting, the tent of meeting, or later the temple. And then it says in verse 33, they are to lay their hand on its head. And so this was representing that this lamb represents me. It takes my place. What's going to happen to this lamb should happen to me. But God's made a way it can happen to this lamb instead. Lay their hand on its head and then slaughter it for a sin offering at the place where the burnt offering is slaughtered. So you brought it to the priest and then you the worshiper cut the throat of that lamb. And a priest took a silver bowl or pitcher prescribed elsewhere in the Old Testament. And he caught the blood of that lamb as it ran out from that wound in that bowl. The next verse says, the, verse 34, The priest shall take some of the blood of the sin offering with his finger and put it in the horns of the altar of burnt offering and pour out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. So from that bowl, the priest would dip his finger and Place it on the four corners of the altar, representing the covering for your sin, and then the rest of the blood of that animal was poured out at the base of the altar. This would communicate to you as a worshiper this is big stuff. Sin's pretty serious, right? This animal just died for my sin. Should have been me. But in the mercy of God, it's this animal died. The wages of sin is death, the Bible says. This is reminding us of how big our sin is, how serious it is. But it's also providing a temporary sort of stopgap measure where sinful man could relate to a holy God and God in His mercy made this system of animal sacrifice and their blood covering gave Removal of guilt of sin. Under the new covenant, Jesus poured out His blood for our atonement. Let me read to you Matthew 26, verse 26, and following the words of Jesus, the night before He was to go to the cross and die, He's with His disciples eating a meal. During the meal, He says, verse 26, While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when He had given thanks, He broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. So in a moment, we'll take this little piece of bread, like they did, and it will represent his body. Bread looks a little bit like flesh. The next day, he was going to give himself to be crucified, and his body would be like the body of this lamb that was slain for us. And then he said, verse 27, Then he took a cup And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So Jesus deliberately uses the language from Leviticus that we had already read. And now he speaks of his blood when he dies, and from his wounds will pour the blood. He says, my blood is as if it is being poured out at the altar. And his blood is the real sacrifice for sin, because he's the sinless Lamb of God, the eternal Lamb of God. As such, he can die for all of us at once. He can pay all of our debts. All gather them together and pay them. And so Jesus, in the mercy of God, as His blood is poured out, becomes the covering or atonement for our sin. Isn't that wonderful? So if, when you believe in Jesus, when we believe in Jesus, God pours out His Holy Spirit and His love into our hearts. And so because Jesus is poured out of His blood, instead of pouring out wrath, God pours out His Spirit upon us. Isn't that great? Let me read it to you in uh, Acts 2.17. This was on the day of Pentecost after Jesus had ascended into heaven. And the Holy Spirit came down on that day and there was like a flame above the head of each of the disciples. A miracle happened. And then they begin to speak in unknown tongues, and the people are in languages they did not know. And the people uh, that were there heard them in their own language. All these pilgrims from all, all over the world heard them in their own language. They, what in the world is going on here? Peter stands up and gets their attention to interpret what has happened, and he says, "This is what the prophet Joel spoke of." Then I'll read to you Acts two seventeen. It, and this is quoting Peter's quoting Joel in the Old Testament. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And later on in the sermon, I'll pick up on down in the sermon, he said this, verse 32. God has raised Jesus to life, and we're all witnesses of it, exalted to the right hand of God. He has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. So, because Jesus poured out His blood, God can pour out His Spirit and pour out His love into us. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, listen, as we renew this covenant here today, it's a time for you to confess your sins. You're saved from all of your sins, but if there are outstanding sins in your life that are still ongoing, you need to turn from that. You need to repent. You need to bring them under the blood of Jesus. That's what confession is. It's it's bringing that sin under the blood of Jesus. Because I don't want the wrath of God poured out on me for my sins. Do you I want to bring them all in? I want to right now as I renew the covenant, confess my sins. And I want to just experience the love of God. Maybe you're dealing with guilt. You've confessed your sins. Some of you confessed something bad in your life a hundred times. And you still have guilt. And you need to experience the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and who has poured out His love. He loves you. He's pouring. He doesn't just drizzle His love on you. He pours out His love on you. And He's poured out the Holy Spirit. You've got the strength and the power of God. You may be going through something difficult right now. You need to, you need to claim and to stand in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You've got this. God's with you. He gives you strength. He's poured out His Spirit upon you. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that worth celebrating today? So, let's do that. Would you take your little bag and open it up? And uh, whether you choose to peel off and get the wafer, or what I'm going to do is just get that little loose square of bread out of there, and just hold it a moment. I'm going to give some people or are helping kids get ready and So let's just wait just a moment till everybody's had time to get your piece of bread out. Okay, let me pray. Oh Lord Jesus, in this moment we're doing what you told us to do and you said this little piece of bread represents your body and we were to think about your body and we're so grateful that you, the once and for all Lamb of God loved us and died for us Thank you for giving your body. We want to give our bodies as living sacrifice in return. So this is a time to renew our relationship with you. We want to confess any sin that's outstanding in our lives. We want to experience forgiveness, wholeness, freedom, love, warmth. Anybody dealing with guilt, I pray that will be gone. I pray this will be a time of recommitment for every one of us. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Thank you for first loving us. Amen. Jesus said, this is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And now, if you will, let's take out the little cup. And then carefully just pull the whole tab off the top. I can tell you're doing it because I can hear it come. And then I'm going to put the little top back into my bag. Give every, We'll just hold it. Make sure every family's had time to get that ready. Let's pray once more. Would you join me? Lord Jesus, you said this is your blood... And oh, we just, we're just in awe of how much you loved us and how you, the perfectness of your plan long before we were ever born. You cared for us. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for pouring out your spirit. May we leave here with the joy of being forgiven, the love of, the warmth of your love. May we go forth from here recommitted to following you. We love you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. And Jesus said, this is my blood of the covenant, poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. But we're not done yet. One more pouring to tell you about, okay? In response to what we've just celebrated to what has been poured out for us, there's one more pouring I want to tell you about. In both the Old Testament and the New, let's go back to the Old Covenant for just a moment more. Under the Old Covenant, part of the daily sacrifice was to pour out a drink offering. So God said that every morning at sunrise and every evening at sunset, they were to sacrifice a lamb. Not a sin offering, but the daily burnt offering. And this lamb was to be cooked, roasted until it was all gone on the wood of the altar. And with it was to be a grain offering. So about a quart of flour mixed with the olive oil made into a cake or a loaf. And that loaf was cooked on that altar fire as well, and so it burnt all day until the evening, and so that around the clock there was always the smoke rising off the altar, there was always that burnt offering Round the clock was there burning, and that represented total worship to God. He's given us the stuff that we eat, and now we're offering part of it back to Him. And it's like our prayers rising up to Him. It's our daily lives being given to Him 24-7 around the clock. With that lamb every morning and that cake or loaf every morning, they were also to pour out every morning and every evening a quart of wine. That was another part of the very basics of their agriculture Grapes, olives, grain, and their herds. And and so these grapes that were so important to them, uh, their wine, their grapes, their raisins, a quart of that wine was just poured out there on the altar, sizzled along with that lamb that was roasting and that cake. Let me read it to you from Numbers chapter 28, verses 4 through 8. Offer one lamb in the morning and the other at twilight together with a grain offering of a tenth of an ephah of the finest flour mixed with a quarter of a hen of oil from pressed olives. This is the regular burnt offering instituted at Mount Sinai as a pleasing aroma, a food offering presented to the Lord. The accompanying drink offering is to be a quarter of a hen of fermented drink with each lamb. Pour out the drink offering to the Lord at the sanctuary. So every morning, every evening, pouring out that offering, the pouring out of our lives to God. What does that have to do with us? Well, under the New Testament, in the New Testament, the same language is used, and under the New Covenant, we pour out our lives in grateful service to God. It represents the pouring out of our lives in response to what God has poured out for us. Let me read you two places where Paul used these very words. In Philippians chapter 2 verse 17 Paul said, But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with all of you. Paul said to these Philippians at this church that he was writing, your lives are like that lamb that's suffered there. You know, the Romans 12 said, present your bodies a living sacrifice. You don't have to offer a dying one, but present your bodies a living sacrifice. And Paul said, I'm content just to be the side dish. I'm content to be that drink offering that's poured out alongside your sacrifice and that would give me great joy. Now, Paul was in prison. This is one of the prison letters. And so Paul's languishing there in prison. And it's very easy in that kind of place to, to get down, right? I, I need to be out being on a mission trip. I need to be doing something. God, what do you got me here sitting in prison for? Maybe some of you felt like this during the pandemic. You've been quarantined or you've been limited in what you can do. And, oh, I can't wait until we can do something again. Or maybe there's other times in your life when you're waiting Or or when you feel inactive, or you feel useless, or things are not happening fast. And you could sort of identify with Paul here. I talk to people who are in nursing homes or homebound, and some of them wonder, why does God leave me here? Why am I living? I'm not able to do anything. I'm not productive. Maybe this image would help you in those kind of times to say, could you just be content that your life is a sacrifice to God? It's being poured out. He controls what you do and where you go. But Paul came to the point where he could say, you know, sure, I'd like to be out of prison, but if this is where God wants me, I'm content, it's with joy, that my life is just being poured out as a drink offering. Could you view your life that way? Could you say, God, I'm pouring out my life for you, Jesus. You're controlling where I go and when I get to be active and when I can't be as active as I want to be. But every day, every hour, every minute... I'm just pouring out my life for you, and whatever, however you ch- you choose for it to be poured out, I'm okay with that. You're in control. I- I'm just I'm just grateful to live for you, in a lot of what you've poured out for me. Isn't that a good way to live? Maybe um, today you need to release your life to God like a drink offering. Just pour it out. Maybe some of you young people are here, and you're considering what career you'll go into, where you go to school, and those are big decisions, you pray about that. Why don't you today release to God and say, God, wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. I want my life to be poured out like a drink offering. Maybe you're in a time of change or transition in your life, and you're wondering what's next, and why don't you say, God, you're in control, but I release, I surrender my life to you. How do you spend your life? I want to spend my life for Jesus, and I give it to you. Maybe God's calling you specifically in some way to pour out your life for Him. Have you thought about that? Maybe God's calling you uh, to some ministry or mission. Maybe He's calling you, young people, uh, as you consider what you'll do with your life, to say, I'll pour out my life for Jesus. I'll be a missionary. He's calling me to missions that people would hear the gospel. He called me to be a children's minister, a worship pastor, a, a youth pastor. I feel God is calling me. And I want, this is how I want to pour out my life. Would you be open to how God would have you to spend your days? And whatever it is, would you take satisfaction that you're pouring it out for Him? Paul did. One more passage to read to you. Paul in 2 Timothy was in prison again. This time he knows he's not going to get out. He got out after Philippians, but not here. And Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time for my departure is near. i fought the good fight. i finished the race. I've kept the faith. Now there's in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Oh, do you hear the sort of satisfaction that he has there? He's come to the end of his life. His life is just about poured out, but it's not with regrets. He said, you know, here I am in prison, and this is probably it for me, but I'm okay. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the course. I've kept the faith. I'm being poured out as a drink offering. It's good to be able to live life and come with that sense of satisfaction when you pour out your life for Jesus. So, one more time, I'll leave you with that image. We deserve to have God's wrath poured out upon us. But... In the mercy of God, he has poured out the blood of his own son Jesus so that we would not experience the outpouring of his wrath. And with the death of Jesus, he has poured out upon us lavishly the Holy Spirit and his love. Feel that. Experience that today. And would you respond by saying, God, you've been so good to me. I give you my life. And as I spend my days, I want to pour it out for you. And I want to live my life day in, day out, every hour, every day for you. Until my time on earth is finished here, I want to spend my life, no better way I could do it than to pour it out to the last drop for you. Would you pray together with me? Oh Lord, thank you that we are not under your wrath. Thank you that you have poured out the blood of your son Jesus and his spirit and love into our hearts. And now, Lord, we respond. And perhaps, Lord, you're speaking to somebody here today about some specific calling. And, and I, I just pray that they would say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. Maybe there's some of us and we're not sure what you want us to do, but we release our lives to you. We say, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, yes, Lord, I'll do that for you. For some of us who have felt that our lives are not meaningful or worthwhile, maybe there's even someone listening to me here today who has thought about ending their life at their own hands. And I pray that they would come today to see that a life poured out for you is never wasted. It is like a drink offering. And so I pray for those who may be hopeless, that they'll find purpose and meaning in the living of their days as a drink offering poured out for you. Oh Lord, May you be glorified in our lives as an offering to you, we pray. Through Jesus our Savior, amen. After our closing prayer, I'll be at the Welcome Center. If you want to talk to someone about becoming a Christian, maybe as we've shared the death of Jesus, you I've never done that, I've never confessed my sins, I've never been baptized. Today we'll share with you how you can do that, how you can have that sense of, of love and forgiveness in your life. Purpose, if you want to talk to to me about anything else, join our church. You can join our church today there. I'll be at the Welcome Center. look forward to talking with you there.